Hey, welcome back to another edition of the Five Tool Podcast. I'm Dustin McComas, joined once again, as always, by Drew Bishop. It is Thursday, January 18th, and we are brought to you by our friends at Hitforth, the high-tech development center that produces pound for pound the most powerful and complete hitters in the state, uh, located in Austin, Texas. Uh, if you're thinking about Hitforth or want to learn a little bit more about them, H-I-T-F-O-R-T-H dot com. And they are running a really good deal right now. You can try Hitforth for just $59 through January. That's a $40 off deal. Um, You can sign up now. Just go to the website and book your spot. But they've got a lot of trial sessions, uh, a lot of ways just kind of get introduced with the product. Go check things out. Um, It's a great thing to do, especially right now, as a lot of players are gearing up um, for that high school season. Uh, So really appreciate those guys. Uh, representing the podcast and and highly, highly recommend them. Uh, But Drew, I I think we are through the cold, I think. Um, Although I'm I'm nervous every time I get any sort of notification from daycare. Like, (laughs) was there, was there, you know, something like cold on the grass or was there, was the roof have a little ice on it or like, what are we, what are we canceling or delaying things for now? Uh, I hope we're through that. Uh, because I realized the other day that Lucy was home Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday was a late start. So she had been home a while. And uh, yeah, uh, it's, it's January is not fun. And I, I, don't, I, um, I don't look forward to January. <laughs> yeah, I I voiced an opinion on Twitter about or X uh, about the threshold for uh, closing schools up here. And some people did not like it, I think. But I mean, I it I don't know. I, I guess what I have trouble with a lot of times is when they cancel it. Um, now, I certainly understand and agree that if there's a true danger to people, um, that it makes sense to cancel. But I I don't feel like anyone opens later anymore. Um mm-hmm. Like I remember, I remember they used to do that a lot. And then, you know, it, it seems it's strange to me that they make the decisions in, so far in advance now. Um, with as much as the weather can change, I mean, you know, there's a lot more ways to reach people now um, to notify of changes than there was, you know, when you know, 15, 10, 15 years ago. Mm-hmm. And now, but now they're calling it a lot earlier, and I don't. I mean, I'm sure there's a reason, but I don't understand it. But to me, like if if there's no imminent danger based on the roads or anything like that, I don't, I just, I don't understand. (laughs) I mean, like, I guess, you know, some people were mentioning like kids waiting at bus stops, which I understand. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And, you know, the same time, you know, a lot of people that, uh, you know, working families that have two working parents i mean i I don't know what you're supposed to do you know and my on we had tuesday was closed for us uh but precipitation had stopped there was no forecasted precipitation and kids in our neighborhood were out playing outside in the street comfortably by eight or nine o'clock that morning so right that those are the ones that i have a hard time with but you know Ultimately, and your your area has more experience with this stuff. Like, I mean, yeah. Austin freaking yeah. out is, I mean, yeah, it's 
I don't, I feel like this did, really didn't happen much, you know, five years prior to this, but Dallas area, man, this, this is normal. Like you, you think they'd have a, have some feel and, and used to it, but I, uh, well, fortunately, I, as, as far as I know, there are no power failures. So I, uh, I guess that's, we, uh, yeah, I yeah. think we're uh, some, my, my wife said that we're on that, think we're on the same grid as the police and fire station. So Ooh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. That was that was comforting. Um, you know, no not knock on wood, but um I, that's a that's a pleasant thought after our experience back in 2021. Oh, I'll never forget that. And I know when we were looking to we were moving and looking at houses, like some people would put in their their description about the house that it didn't lose power during yeah. that. So it's like, that's a selling point, you know, I, like that's, it would that's be a big for deal. Me. If you've been yeah. through that, if you've I would, I would that. I would certainly pay attention to that for sure. But uh, yeah, hope we hope that uh, everyone's doing okay and, and survived the cold and, and uh, things are, uh, things are getting back to normal. Um, speaking of getting back to normal, we're not that far off from the start of the Texas high school baseball season. Um, scrimmages will be here before we know it, uh, probably in about two weeks, I think. There'll actually be some scrimmages um, happening across the state. I think some private schools are even starting to play games relatively soon. I know, I, I think a couple like Concordia Lutheran have a game or two really early and then have some scrimmages and then jump back in um, into the games again. But uh, it'll be here before I know it. Uh, we had the ABCA convention, which we talked about last podcast, and there's the Texas High School Coaches Convention, uh, which happened uh, this past weekend. And with that comes uh, rankings. Uh, rankings for top uh, preseason programs in the state of Texas via classification um if you know us you know we like rankings um i mean who does it well who doesn't like talking about them uh yeah. people certainly do complain about them sometimes um so we thought we'd have some fun and just kind of go through uh some of the published lists via uh, texas high school baseball and kind of discuss some of the teams and um uh, where they're ranked where they weren't ranked just kind of our general thoughts on on some of the teams that we think have got a chance to be uh uh, really good contenders uh, this year. And uh, we'll start off with 6A. Um, and if, I mean, if you want to follow along with us um, at South Texas high one on Twitter, uh, did a good job of you know, publishing all the lists, uh, Texas high school baseball posters, things as well. They're kind of floating around there on the internet. Um, but the 6A top 20 is out there. Um, I think that everybody is probably in agreement with the top. I, I don't think you can go wrong with, Flower Mound coming off their state championship, and they're still really, really loaded. Um, I mean, they lost good pieces, but they're bringing back some major firepower. Uh, and so is Pearland, who ended up being a state championship runner-up. Uh, they're bringing back some major, major um, firepower as well. So uh, I, I think those two, Drew, were, were probably some very, very obvious choices uh, there in the 6A top two. Yeah, that's um... – you know, like you said, guys returning, um, guys come in, just loaded rosters, um, especially loaded where you want to be loaded, uh, on the yes. mound, up the middle, um, some proven established guys that helped make, uh, some really long runs last year. I mean, that experience, uh, always goes a long way having mm -hmm. been there. Um, so yeah, it's, it, it's tough to argue with that top, top part of the, 
group in 6A for sure. You know, I think that these things are always hard, um, especially at this level, uh, high school, just because of the lack of, I mean, just think of all the people that you are responsible for knowing. Like it's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. It's a lot. And, you know, there's there's not a much being published on, you know, the younger kids. Uh, so that, you know, having an idea of what kind of impact some of those guys could have, you know, stuff. Like, I mean, I don't know how many people picked Tomball to be as good as they were last year, but with that infusion of youth, like elite youth talent, mm-hmm. I mean, they 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 became a force as the season went on. But but yeah, so it's it's a tough, it's a tough exercise. Um, but yeah, I think I mean tough to argue with those top two, uh, for sure. That's that just based on what they did and who they had coming back. Yeah. It's loaded, loaded teams. Um, they've got all the ingredients to make another run back to the, uh, to the state title game. Um, yeah, you mentioned Tomball and, and them being just so young. I mean, you know, they had two freshmen last year that were two of their main guys on the mound and, and CJ Sampson and, and Carson reader. And, you know, both those guys have really special upside. Um, I know Reader in, in particular um, had a monster summer um, as well. And Samson's a legit two-way guy that can really hit from the left side as well. But you look at kind of the guys they're bringing back with Kate Aaron Beattie coming back and, and Keegan Demmer, who's signed their same Easton State. And they got a, a Blaine Lucas transferring into Tomball. I, I mean, they're just top to bottom. They're really reloaded. And uh, I think we might have talked about this on a previous podcast, but their sophomore class, uh, I don't know all the sophomore classes at each program, but I find it hard to believe there would be many, if any at all, that'd be more talented than that sophomore group at Tomball. Um, it's just a loaded, loaded, loaded group uh, of sophomores. And it's they're so talented at the top as well that who knows how many of those guys are going to crack lineups and contribute and that sort of stuff. But right. it's kind of an embarrassment of riches over there and and, and really getting forward, really looking forward to, to getting some eyes on them. Um Westlake and Johnson at three and four, um, uh, two teams that matched up against each other in the playoffs. Um, talk about that's that's just kind of cruel. That's that's a state title type of matchup that happened before there. But I'm done betting against Westlake. I mean, not that I bet against them, but I didn't pick them to come out of there. Careful, uh, uh, you're you're gonna you're gonna be uh, you're gonna be locker room material before the yeah season yeah this I year. know I know yeah well. Uh, so I'm uh, I'm done betting against them. Um, I think there is something to be said about programs that consistently just find ways to win. I mean, they won 40 games last year. That's yeah. that's incredible. Um, and whenever you bring back a guy like Jack Brady and Theo Gillen, uh, that's just a fantastic way to start. Um, you know, Sage Sanders in that lineup as well. Um, and mm. they have some young guys coming up through the ranks. They were very old last year, and I think we'll see more of their younger guys come up. Um, and really contribute as well. But uh, that's certainly a great place to spot. And, you know, Johnson is, is I mean, they brought back it so much. I mean, obviously, Casey Cunningham, um, you know, Derek Maples, uh, Tyler Walton, um, who Texas ended up getting a commitment from very late in the summer. Um, really excited to get some eyes on him because the arrow is really pointing up. He was throwing really hard um, at the end of the summer. But, um, you know, Masa Chilcutt in the 2025 class, uh, I mean, they've got some, they got some really, really talented players, um, at Johnson and, uh, you know, San Antonio is going to be fun with them and, and Reagan and programs like that. But, um, yeah, it's, it's hard to quibble with, with, uh, with the top. Yeah. I, it's funny going through them. I, you know, it's, 
what stuck out to me, there was a few schools that I thought were um, were left out that could be in contention just because of, you know, maybe a, a pitching staff or mm-hmm. a couple of elite players. But, man, like, just looking at it, like, it's tough to leave out a team like Hebron yes. um, for me, uh, just strictly because they have Marcos Paz, Min Jae So, Ethan Hunt, Austin mm-hmm. Nicholson. Like, mm-hmm. those are... Those are some big time players, um, and especially on the mound, like that's that's a pretty good um, starting point for new coach Corey Farah. Um, but Hebron uh, not being on there was, you know, I, again, I don't know who you take out of that group, but that that was one that kind of stuck out to me. Um, Rockwall, I think, you know, obviously lost a lot. Um, with some household names with Braden Randall, Mac Rose, Micah Kendrick, but they return a lot in the form of, you know, leadership, tough guys that have been on varsity for a while. And then sprinkling some more guys like a Dylan cheek, uh, Hudson Holt is a freshman that I think has a chance to be a really big time player. Uh, son of Dalen Holt, the, I think believe still the A&M all time home runs. I want to say, Oh, um, right. Wow. Yeah, I mean, definitely one of the best offensive players in AM history. Um, but but yeah, I, I mean, like I said, Keller Lindemann is a guy that we've always big been big fans of. Uh, you know, they've they've got some real options there. Yeah. Um, you know, I know they'll be deep. And I'm I've I've been really interested to see, you know, this is the first time Coach Rose hasn't had one of his boys on the team in a while. Um, so it'll be it'll be interesting to watch just a storyline that I know some people will be following just because they haven't seen it in a long time. And he's mm-hmm. been so successful going back to his days at, at Wakeland um, that, you know, but they, he's had a, one of his sons on the team for a long time. So just, it'll just be interesting for him to see how that, how that dynamic plays out. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's plenty of talent on the roster. Um, you know, uh, another one, JJ Pierce. Uh, yes strictly because of the three arms that we know they have uh mm-hmm. aj ripley mcclennan commit carson bailey uh deegan kubat that was on our academic team i mean the, and kubat was coming off of an injury last year so he was limited in his um in his innings and times on the mound and then carson bailey was returning from or was going through uh tommy john rehab during the season so mm-hmm. he was kind of a late riser out of nowhere on a lot of lists and attention from a recruiting standpoint for committing to Baylor. Uh, but that's three pretty good arms with two of them being left-handed. I mean, it's, that's a, from a group that went, I think what 14 and two in district. Yeah. 14 and um, two in district. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's pretty, that's pretty tough. And I, you know, I, you know, obviously Homer pick and caveat that head co- I played with their head coach, but so I know they'll be coached well, but I mean, that, that goes a long way in high school baseball is um, uh, being coached well and not making mistakes and beating yourself. But that's yes. a team that, that I think we'll be watching. Uh, McKinney Boyd's another one with Brody Walls, Jacob Gilbert, uh, Nick Wazlowski. Um, that, they'll, they'll Those are three really good junior arms. Yeah, and, you know, uh, for as far as teams go um, – you know, the, we'll have these teams in our some of our, some of these teams in our fest, high school festival mm-hmm. this year. You know, with with Hebron uh, joining 
uh, McKinney Boyd joining. Uh, so I'm excited to see them. And then look going back on the rankings, we got Prosper, Heath, Allen, uh, Friendship, uh, Rockwall will be back, and they were in I guess the next ten list. But uh, but yeah, so getting starting to get excited for that too. Um, uh, looking some of the teams, I think Heath is going to be really good. Uh, they return a lot. Um, they lost some production, but you have guys coming back like Caleb Hoover, uh, yeah. Brady Latisau, um, you know, Javin Moore moved in, uh, mm -hmm. one of our former, uh, GPA guys. Um, and they were a really young team across the board last year. Um, they took, you know, it took some time to figure it out, but you know, they ended up going four rounds Played deep, deep and, into the playoffs. Yeah. So they, they've had a taste of what that's like and, mm -hmm. um, you know, I think that they're going to be a team that's going to have a real chance to make some noise uh, just because of a good mix of returning returners and uh, and some young talent as well. So um, that's a, the uh, and then I guess another one that we'll have, uh, like I mentioned in the in the uh, festival is Allen, uh, you know, with the two big names being Chandler Hart, uh, Brady Coe. But, you know, having some other guys like um, Tate Green on the roster. Um, I had yeah, a I great summer. Gonna, yeah. I mean, I think they're going to have a real chance to make some noise, too. Um, so, you know, if they can score, find some ways to produce some offense, they're going to be tough, tough to beat with the guys that they have on the mound. So, yeah, um, yeah some of the some of the and, and then Prosper. Uh, obviously, Prosper's got a loaded deep lineup, um, you know, obviously ran into the tough task of facing flower mound um in the postseason but if, if anyone remembers like that game was a pitch away from uh from prosper winning that series mm -hmm. and who knows what happened from there but uh you know talent like luke billings um uh nick nava uh just a, a lot of a lot of stuff there to like for those guys so um excited to see them as well yeah with heath too like I don't know if there's a better leader, winner, intangibles guy than Caleb Hoover. Yeah. Like that. And that sort of stuff really, really matters. Um, you know, that's the type of guy that can really elevate um, some of those younger guys as well. And like, the way Jack Sharp ended it ended in the fall, um, he yeah. looked like he looked like Jack Sharp again. And obviously, you know, Arizona saw it a lot to like and, and ended up getting a commitment from him. Um, I mean, he could have a really, really big season on the mound for those guys, and they've got some depth. And yeah, you mentioned Rockwall too. I mean, yeah, they lost a lot, but man, when you bring back guys like you know Reebok and and Lindman, and um, I I think Dylan Cheek is a special talent, um, a special two way talent. I don't know how much he's going to pitch for those guys. I mean, I'm sure early on he's going to have to because you've you know, you've got to use everybody, uh, especially, you know, one thing we love about Coach Rose is play anyone, play anywhere. Let's play as many games like, you know, he wants to learn a lot about his players and put them in different situations. And and um, that stuff pays off in the long run. Um, so I think Cheek is going to have a, a he's a really, really special talent um, in the 2026 class. Um, yeah, you, I'm glad you mentioned Hebron. I mean, if you can catch the ball on defense and then you've got three pitchers that are really, really good, you can win a lot, a lot of games, um, especially when you can shrink those, that rotation and district play and kind of, you know, get by, you know, often on two really good starters and, and a couple of really good bullpen guys. 
um, as well. Um, you know, Katie wasn't a team that was, uh, wasn't in the top 20 and wasn't even in the next 10. And that, that to me was pretty surprising. Um, I, I think that they've got one of the deepest, most talented pitching staffs in the country. You know, Aiden Barrientes, uh, really, really good. One of the best 2025 prospects, you know, regardless of position, uh, in Texas, um, heck even the nation as well. He's getting a lot of attention already nationally. Um, Cade Nelson, um, who's headed to uh, TCU, um, and then Aaron uh, Brashier, who is a senior that didn't really pitch too much last year, and he was kind of a pop-up guy this offseason, uh, was throwing really, really, really hard. Um, I think he was up to 93 miles an hour at a couple camps. Um, ended up committing, I should know this, but uh, committed to a junior college, um, and is a guy I think can, can play a part for them this year. And, and they've got some young players coming up through there as well. They had a really old team last year. And I think they're going to turn over a, a lot of talent as well. Um, Brashear, Brashear is Weatherford. Weatherford. Yeah. Yeah. And Weatherford, I mean, Weatherford, you know, is in that tier of junior college programs in Texas that like it's cream of the crop type of talent that those guys are bringing in. So they're not just taking anybody. Um, and also too, um, you know, Fort Worth Boswell, um, Sawyer Farr, Berkeley Roddy, um, you know, Mac Lerma, who's really, really hit for a long, long time. Um, I think that they've got a they've got a chance to make some noise. Um, you know, I understand them maybe not getting a bunch of preseason hype, but um they've got some ingredients to uh to really make a nice run. And, and I think they've got some talent up and down there. But um, yeah, Katie to me, I mean, Katie went 38 and three last year, finished in the top 10 in the final top 25. And, you know, I, I think that they bring back um, just as much talent, if not more, might be a little light on experience, but uh, with the pitchers that they have, I mean, they've got a real, real chance uh, to make a, to make a lot of noise and um, what's going to be a competitive, their district's always competitive. I mean, them and Tompkins going head to head down there all the time. Um, you know, Grand Oaks, uh, at, at number 15, uh, speaking of pitching talent, I, I don't think that there's a deeper stable of arms when you think of Mark Barnhart and Houston Tomlinson. And, um, it's just a long list of guys. Um, yeah, Austin Dozier was a guy that, you know, had Tommy John, uh, probably a year ago or so, a uh, long time Texas state commitment. I mean, they get him back in, in, at full go. I mean, that's a really good left-handed arm. Um, so they certainly have the uh, they have the pieces as well. Um, but, uh, yeah, covered the Rockwall schools, uh, Reagan uh, in San Antonio. I mean, you talk about a team that's always really well coached. They're tough to beat, man. Um, they squeeze out runs. They, they play defense. Uh, they really, really compete. And, you know, Caleb Rogers is a guy that I think is really going to come into his own this year. Um, they didn't really need him a ton last year, uh, although he, I mean, he pitched a fair amount and a two-way guy, but I mean, he's going to be the dude on the mound for those guys this year and, and had a really, really good summer. Um, and I think those guys are just going to reload and, and again, be a force um, in 6A. Um, I'm really excited. You know, they got clear falls at number 10 and I, I'm really excited to, to follow them because um, they, I believe, had their deepest playoff run ever last year. And David Ramirez, 2025 Texas commitment left-handed pitcher, um, was a big reason why. He was phenomenal. Uh, phenomenal uh, district play postseason. I mean, he kind of put those guys on his back. It was really, really good. And, and then Parker Collier, who's a switching catcher in the in junior class, 2025 class coming to Texas State. 
uh, it's a guy that's really, really good as well. So I'm always, always like those teams that got really, really far and then they bring back a bunch of guys, you know, it's always kind of something that, that teams can kind of build on um, moving yeah. forward. Cinco Ranch is like that as well, bringing back Lucas Franco and, and Brock DeYoung. They they lost a lot of firepower on the mound, uh, but they've got some guys coming up there as well. And, and they're another team that's really well coached and, and hard to hard, hard team to beat. Yeah. Uh, and, and one that I left out too, I guess not really DFW area, but, West Texas that we'll have in the festival friendship. Um, yes. With the Hutchison cousins, Landon and Hudson, uh, and then Brooks Roberson on the mound. Um, guys that we are big fans of, Brady Bowles uh, defensively. That's Yeah, that's they brought game. back a lot of guys. Yeah, and they have, they have a lot of talent up the middle, and they're good on the mound. So, you know, like we always talk about, that's a pretty good uh, recipe for success. Um, so excited to see them uh, in – February, March at the festival. Uh, they showed well last year, and I expect them to do the same this year. Yeah, they've they've uh, they've certainly got a chance for sure. And whenever you're that strong up the middle defensively, like they are, um, with Bowles and the Hutchinsons, um, and then you got like got a guy like Brooks Roberson on the mount, uh, you've you've got a chance to win a win a lot of baseball games, uh, for sure. Um, anything else in six there? You want to dip down into five A. I think I think that's good for now. I guess you know Jesuits another one um, mm-hmm. that I think has a chance to do some damage uh, with Barrett Kasparovic, uh, Dylan Brandt, Jake Foltz, Braxton Jake Barber. Foltz, the, yeah, the, that that's a good group. And man, I I really they were young last year, and I really like the way they competed. Um, I think they know what they're doing on the field. I think they have a good plan. Um, and got some talent and athleticism. So uh, I think, I think they may be one to watch for as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good call. Um, leading the way on the preseason top 20 poll uh, for 5A, uh, I, I don't think anybody's going to have any problems with this group. Uh, Argyle leading the way at, at the top. Um, I mean, top to bottom, you, yeah. you look at what kind of talent they have. It's it's a special it's a special level of talent that they have, um, especially in the lineup. Um, you look at you look at some of those guys like Rockmore, um, you know, two way guy in Park Prater and, and Grady Emerson. Uh, that's that's a great place to start, and uh, really excited to see them this spring. Yeah, they are absolutely loaded, um, and additions. Uh, another quality addition to the festival. So we'll get a good look at those guys. I still, I still haven't seen Grady Emerson play. A Me whole either. Bunch. It, yeah. Um, I, it's the strangest in, thing in person, but like, shoot, everything that you see, it, it works. Um, and there's no, there's no denying why he's at the top of all the lists that you see. So uh, we'll get to get an in-person look at him. Uh, special talent, special player. That team is loaded. Uh, so it'll be fun watching them. Um, uh, White House is a is a team that I'm interested in. Michael Zadolski, uh, Garrett Hayes returns. Um, you know, I think they they're a team that is coached really well. Um, and it's coming out of East Texas. We don't get to see them as often, but man, every time I've been around them or talked to people about them, you know, it's pretty clear that they do a really good job. Mm-hmm. Yeah, one team I, I think in, you know, this is sometimes an area that's a little bit tougher to um to get some eyes on, but they've got Corpus Christi Veterans Memorial at number seven. And uh they're really good. Um, a 
lot of talent and they've got a couple of guys coming up through the 2026 class. I was texting with you about one of those guys this morning. Um, I'm all in on Jordan Garza being a, a major, major, major guy in the 2026 class. Um, true two-way talent, um, really good catcher, catch and throw skill hit, but some of his performances on the mound this summer um, were outstanding. Uh, he was up to 90 miles an hour in one of our July events. I saw him at the 12 Scout League a couple times, and the track main data with the fastball was really good. Uh, a lot of a lot of uh, carry um, induced vertical break. I mean, it was like averaging 17 to 19 inches, and there were a couple that were over 20. And um, good delivery, breaking ball, misses bats, can pronate the changeup, get some life to it. Um, I think that that's a group that's that could really, really make some noise down there in South Texas and um, and, and make some things happen and get deep. Uh, you know, Smithson Valley brings they lost some pieces, but they bring back a lot as well. Zach Gingrich, uh, two way guy that's going to help carry the load for them. Um, you know, great Brian. Whenever you have Dayson Hill, um, you, you're going to be in a lot of ball games there. Um, not a whole lot of love for Magnolia West, which kind of surprised me a little bit. Um, I know that they certainly lost, you know, Kalen Daggard and 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 James Elwinger, uh, but they're bringing back Dawson Park, uh, Caldwell McFadden, um, Trenton Buckley's a guy that could pop, yeah. um, on the mound yeah, as saw, well. I saw your videos of him the other day. Um, yeah, he's been yeah. throwing really hard. Um, yeah, I was a little surprised. You know, it seems like a, a lot of the other state title winners got a, a benefit of the doubt. And then you're kind of looking down there at them. And um, from what I've heard so far, um, you know, I think they're really excited about what Park and McFadden can bring to the rotation as well as being position guys. And obviously Buckley, too, to me, could end up being one of those like hybrid start some games early on but turns into like their back end guy if he can consistently mm -hmm. throw strikes and just come in and blow guys away um that's a that's a really talented group that i think is you know this probably puts a little bit of a chip on their shoulder you know i'm sure that some people down there were a little bit surprised to see um where they checked in on the list especially with with rival lake creek being a few spots ahead of them at lake creek lake creek is going to be another team that's uh that's really good speaking of 26 class um They've got an outfielder, um, or was it the 25 class? And I just totally blanked on his name because I saw Sam Lee as well. But um, they've got a guy coming through there that I think is going to be one of the better pure right-handed hitters um, in the state for his class. Um, God, I'm going to find the name here in a second. Uh, let me let me, let me filibuster while you look. They, um, the, uh, the Frisco area um, has, what, three teams in the top 20 uh, with – uh reedy who was a state semifinalist last year uh frisco wakeland that was a regional finest finalist in frisco um you know i think i probably jinxed frisco uh some point last year because i was really impressed with them and they just they didn't didn't advance um they were i think they were the team that i had picked to be like a surprise team and actually mm -hmm. have a chance to make it all the way um uh, but i really like what they've got, uh, Michael Catalano, Landon Carr, um, and then Tommy Mulkern um, is a guy that I've always been a huge fan of. Uh, you know, a two-week guy, uh, hits at the top of the lineup, uh, knows how to play the game, and is hyper-competitive on the mound, uh, and his stuff continues to tick up. Uh, I know he's been to some camps recently and done really well, so 
that that's a team I'm definitely excited to get to see. Um, then going back to Reedy, uh, Braden Hernandez, Jack Jorgensen, um, returning for those guys. It's it's there's a lot of good baseball in that area. Um, a lot of schools in that area. I was gonna say they it all, makes sense with how many schools and people are well, popping up there it, and everything. It's funny else. they you know they went a different route though. They they keep them all at about a five A level. Um, as opposed to having a bunch of a few massive high schools, mm -hmm. um, they keep there's a bunch of them that are that hover in that five A zone. So be interesting to see what they'd look like if they went you know a bigger school route like some of the some of the areas do. But a lot of talent in that area. Uh, excited to see that that group get going just because there's so much talent in that group and some cool little ballparks over there in Frisco too. Yeah, Frisco is a good call because, I mean, they're one of those teams that was young last year but and brought so many of those guys back, especially on the mound. Yep. Um, and, yeah, you mentioned Mulkin. I There are a couple of – I think he did a couple of college camps. I know a couple of colleges were like, man, this guy's breaking ball is, like, is real. Big time. Um, yeah, Davis Lee was the name that escaped me because they have a Sam Lee who's a senior outfielder and then Davis yeah. Lee who's a junior outfielder. And Davis Lee can really, really hit – uh, from the right side of Lake Creek. Um, Parker Smith, who I really like, a, a catcher as well. Um, Harper Heathcote in the 2026 class was a guy that that had a really good summer as a two-way guy that performed well um, in our event. So um, Lake Creek, certainly a team to uh, to always keep an eye on, and they're going to they're gonna reload there. Um, Got to give a love to my local team here in 5A, Leander Rouse. Um, they're in the mix as like having – um, some of the most commitments for any school like in Texas. I mean, they've got a ton of college commitments and I don't think they have like one like star level talent, but they've got a bunch of guys that have played a lot and know how to win. And, you know, when you've read by Rainer Heinrich and, and Oscar Salazar, I mean, those are two guys. They're definitely two of the better guys in central Texas. Um, they've got a lot of pieces. Um, going back to six day, we forgot one team. And it was the one team I was like, I got to mention them. You might have mentioned them, but um, Keller. Keller. Oh. Well, they, Keller, you know what? They didn't even. I, they weren't even on even, the, 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 the votes yeah. part. Yeah. Keller, to me, I swear, every event we had in the summer, I was like, God, okay, Keller's got another guy throwing 90, or Keller's got some sophomore throwing 87, or. Keller's got some really good infielder and um, they had a good season last year. I mean, they were ranked in the final top 25 and uh, you talk about the talent level that they have. I mean, they've got arms for days um, at Keller. And uh, that was one that I was, I was surprised didn't even make the next 10 um, section. Um, and I think speaking of programs that have the most commitments, I think if any Texas high school, they have more college commitments than anyone. Like they lead the state in the number of college kids they have committed to colleges, which speaks to the depth and the talent that they have. So that was the one team that like wasn't mentioned in besides Hebron. Um, I was like, but they're man. Hebron's Hebron, I think is listed in like the next 10 area. Or were they not? I don't think they were. Let me, no, they weren't. They weren't. They weren't. They weren't. No, they weren't. I, I saw another, I saw another poll where they were ranked like 21st. I think that's what was, was getting me, but yeah. Yeah. On Keller, Mason Cook um, yep. is – that breaking ball is nasty. Like, mm -hmm. he, it was one of those ones where I saw it early in the scrimmage, and I was like, whoa. I And, I mean, I I sent that 
<laughs> little clip to a lot of people. Um, and that was, so that was a really big get for McLennan, but, uh, Matthew Taylor is another arm that I like for them. Uh, good pickup there by UT Arlington. Um, but yeah, I mean, just loaded, uh, Cole Kaniger. <laughs> yeah. He's a um, major he's a dude, super, like super, superstar. Yeah. That guy's going to have his list of wherever he wants to go. Um, you know, Fisher Polydorov back in there smacking balls around in the middle of the lineup and, um, you know, at I some point a, he's going to come I, I out of the throw that knuckleball. Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> um, I do see there's a younger Polidorov. Um, looks like he's a 26 Ivan Polidorov. So I imagine they're related somehow. Um, Probably. Yeah. But also, I mean, yeah. Connor Davenport, who like was throwing really, really hard all summer. He's like six, two, like 200 pounds, like a really imposing guy physically rock Burkett, who was, um, just a dude. Uh, and one of our biggest events of the summer, um, believe he was on that. Uh, yeah, he was on that loaded UBC Gallegos team, uh, just smacking balls all over the places. The left team, the hitter really, really like him. Um, had, had a really good tournament. Yeah, yeah, he, he ended up winning. Bach MVP. Hartwig, Bark Hart, yes, Bach Hartwig. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, yeah. they've got like, I mean, they could fill two teams that of, of really, really good players. Um, so that was yeah. one, and then also Cy Fair as well to me. They, they bring back a lot of guys. Um, a lot of experience. They're always really well coached. Um, I could see them making some noise um, as well. Um, but yeah, back to back to five A. Um, trying to think who else kind of stuck out to me a little bit. Um, you know, Friendswood is 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 always good. Um, you know, Dane Perry coming back there leading the way. Um, they've always got some talent on the mound. Um, you know. Bernie Champion made a really, really deep run last year. Um, they bring back a lot of key pieces as well. Jordan Ballin, who I'm a big fan of, who sent to UTSA, just a really dynamic left-handed hitting shortstop. Um, and I believe Gage Goldberg goes there as well, who made some headlines. He's joining Coach Prime at Colorado as, as a football yeah. player. Um, yeah. so that, that was pretty that. cool for him, and and uh, it's going to be fun to follow his career as there as well. Um, but yeah, not a whole lot else stuck out to me uh, about five A. Um, well, we got you know, we got Lovejoy, um, who mm-hmm. we were able to get into the festival this year. Kyle Branch, Logan Corley, two young, really good young players. So, um, obviously, Branch is a senior now, but yeah, it, interested to see what his brother does at Georgia too. So, yeah, that'll be one to follow and make him move over there uh, to Georgia. Um, Full shear down in the Houston area with Ty Powell. Um, I mean, they they typically are, are really, really good each year. Um, yeah, another Frisco team down there in the, the next 10 section with, with Lone Star. So um, let's jump over to 4A. See what we got cooking on 4A. Um, it is uh, – this has got to be the first time in a while Sinton is not leading the way at number one. Uh, still yeah. hanging out there at number three, which – um, I think is fair. They uh, they do bring back some pieces. You know, Marco Gonzalez is a guy that's last I checked is still uncommitted, and I kind of scratching my head on that one because I think he's going to be a four year starter at Sinton, and a four year starter at Sinton on a team that won a uh, you know basically paid for a state title every year he's been there. Um, and just I know Coach Alanis is really likes him. I know the Texas twelve coaches really like him. He's got some skill. Um, so I think that's going to be a good addition for somebody, but, um, China spring lean the way at top on the list. Um, 
our guy Dean Hanna is going to be a big force for them. I'm excited because they actually um, they play Hutto in a game, uh, kind of one of those non-district games, um, I believe in March at some point. So it'll be fun to go over there and, and get some eyes on them. Uh, but yeah, China Spring leading the way at number one. Uh, Texarkana, okay. Pleasant Grove. That's that's a loaded team. Uh, Brayton Clark. And then you go down the list of guys like Spencer Browning, who's a major, major prospect um, in the 2026 class. Um, good to see uh, Taylor getting some love from my neck of the woods because um, Christopher Perez, who's heading to Houston, uh, played for Lone Star in the summer. Uh, he's a heck of a performer on the mound. He was one of those guys that's like Taylor got into the playoffs. Whenever Christopher Perez had the ball, they were winning that game. Uh, and, right. and he he's coming back there. And, and whenever you have an arm like that at the 4A level, you can do a lot, a lot of damage. So, um, yeah, anything stick out to you about the about the 4A list? I will say that there's one team to me that I think is really underrated. We'll see if you agree and mention them. Hmm. Let's see. Uh, you know, Bullard um, with David Wilson. I like that a lot. I think he's a, a one of the better left-handed pitchers in the state. Um, let's see, Salina. Um, yep. Salina is a team that is loaded every year. Um, and they do a good job, really well coached. I like the way they play. They play hard. They play fast. Major Brinion, uh, ULM commit, uh, Zach Henderson. I mean, they they they've got a they've got a good group. You know, they lost some talent, but man, I I think that they're gonna they're gonna be a team that just continues to win year in year out. Um, let's see who else on there. If anything else sticks out? Um, to me, to I me, Bernie, I, Bernie to me is is really really talented. Um, yeah, Brooks Perez, Dylan Perez, two guys we saw at Area Code. Um, you know, one committed to Houston, one committed to Baylor. Hudson McNew, who's a big physical. Uh, right-handed hitter, um, had a really good fall. I know he opened some eyes with the way he was driving the baseball. And um, I think that that group's got to get, I mean, they were regional finalists last year and they bring back a lot of key pieces. Um, yeah, I agree with Salina. Like so all Salina does is win. Like, you know, like it's, it's, it's kind of, those teams typically just, just figure out a way and they always have talent and, and they, uh, they get things done. Um, uh, good to see Davenport getting some recognition. Um you know, they took Sitton to the wire, like the last pitch yeah. um, in a really, really entertaining, highly competitive um, series. And they bring back Braden Mulkey, who's heading to Baylor. I'm a really, really, really big fan of him. Uh, he's a two-way guy. He'll be a he'll be a left-handed hitting outfielder um, at Baylor. But um, he threw a almost threw a complete game shutout against Sitton in the playoffs last year. Um, you know, so he's he's got some chops on the mound as well. But um, they're a relatively new program and, you know, the job they already did, I mean, they were really well coached last year when I saw them, the job they've done already to be this good, um, is, is extremely impressive. And they get back Tristan Rudwick, who basically missed last season, yeah. um, coming back for an injury who, uh, committed to Grayson this off season. So, um, that's going to be a nice piece for them to add to the pitching puzzle there. But, um, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's fun because I feel like that kind of area, um, you know, San Marcos, New Braunfels, um, just outside of San Antonio area is starting to pop up with some more talent. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, and to an area that has a lot of teams listed here that um, are good year in, year out, 
you know, I know you mentioned Pleasant Grove, but Texarkana, Liberty Ilo um, is loaded. Uh, and just there's just a lot of really good baseball out in East Texas. Um, you know, it's seems like it's a big part of the community. Um, we don't get to see some of those kids as much, but man, they, I, there's some programs that you know that have won a lot and are just consistently good. Um, you know, and usually have some athletic, tough minded kids uh, that are really fun to watch play baseball. Uh, ending with, uh, with three, a, um, a lot of usual suspects on the list led by, led by Boyle, Boyd and wall one, two, uh, London at three, I got some eyes, um, this past Sunday on Blaine line. Who's, who's at London and, and signed at Texas A&M and that guy is going to be a, a major, major performer. Uh, for London this year, um, they're going to be able to every game that he has the ball, they're going to have a really, really good chance to win. Um, and then Maypril at, at number four, our guy Cord Rager, um, yep. they had a really deep run in the playoffs last year. Um, he comes back. I mean, they're state semifinalists. I mean, another guy that anytime he's gotten the ball, gotten the ball on the mound, um, they've got a chance. Um, a tiny bit surprised to see Brockett at. At number seven, um, with Sawyer Strostider coming back, um, Cam Harris back as well. Uh, they've got some younger guys that we saw this summer that I like too. I, I think that they're definitely a, a very, very, very real um, contender um, in 3A. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, uh, the thing about the six out about, about that classification is that, you know, if you have – Two good pitchers. Yes. Um, you're probably going to be pretty good. Mm -hmm. Um, which you know Boyd has had the luxury of having more than that. Um, <laughs> uh, and they get Braden McIntyre, uh, Eric Rogers back. Um, yeah, like you, a little bit surprised that Brock is down down that low. But I mean, again, this is that's these are just talking points. So it'll be. It, I'm sure that there are some people in Brock that are going to be using this as ammo to uh, push themselves that to, to go pretty far this year. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. I mean, obviously we're huge Stroh Snyder fans and he's the kind of guy that can carry a team at any level. Um, and I expect him to have a, a monster year. And I have a feeling too, that there will be some um, people from the professional ranks there poking around watching oh, a yeah. lot of the Brock games. Yeah, which which yeah. I always love. It's always a great opportunity for some kids that have maybe don't get seen as much. Mm -hmm. um, so you know, a lot of positives go along with having a, a superstar player like that. Um, that's you know he's going to pitch, he's going to he's going to hit, and so that's going to keep the scouts coming uh, to see him play. Yeah, uh, the only thing I'll say about two A is I'm all aboard the Johnson City train. My guys, Johnny Swinsky, McCray yeah. Jacobs are back. They were basically walking no hitters every time they went out to the mound, basically striking out everybody they face. Um, shout out to Johnson City. I, uh, I, I'm i all aboard that one. You guys are checking in at number seven on the list. I'm in, baby. That's that's my pick for uh, for the state champions in 2A. Um, you know, Ryan McCray, Jacobs, and, and Johnny Solinsky. And Solinsky can actually really hit, too. He's got a good left-hand yeah. swing. Um, and Jacobs as well. Uh, I mean, when you get to that level, like your best players kind of do everything. Um, but those guys bringing, bringing back those video game numbers, uh, are going to be, a, are going to be a lot of fun to watch. Um, 
you know, I'm 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 gonna have to make a trip, I think, to Johnson City this spring and yeah, and get some get some eyes on there. Um, those ones are always super fun because like it's kind of like a no frills, like easy access, you know. I remember when I, I went to go see Dylan Rue at at uh, uh I mean, that, that's uh, crazy. There's they're seventh in two A. Yeah, that's... seventh. Yeah, yeah, and they bring back um Yeah, I I, I still I still remember that graphic that was posted like halfway through the year or something, and they had way had both had way over a hundred strikeouts. <laughs> Crazy. I had to get the calculator out to figure out like what they were averaging um, on like a seven inning, you know, per game basis, and it was it was pretty Most... wild. Most it was most batters struck out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was kind of reminds me of when what Justin Lampkin did at um at Cal yeah. Allen, but even at a more you know dominant uh, ridiculous level. So um we're just having some fun with with kind of those preseason lists, and it's just fun to talk about and and kind of gives uh gets our juices going and thinking about the upcoming season and some teams we like and and players we like and 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 all that sort of stuff. Um. Before we get out of here, uh, I mentioned I you know saw Blame Line Sunday. I went down to uh, Barber's Hill for um, the annual um, MLB Showcase um, workout that uh, they hold at Barber's Hill every year. It's kind of the uh, unofficial kind of kickoff of the scouting season, I think, for a lot of those guys. Um, organized by uh, by Red Sox scout Lee Bryant down there. He's been doing it uh, for some time now. Uh, a lot of Texas guys, a few Louisiana guys as well. Um, Go through. I'm gonna have some. I've already published a bunch of video, but I'm gonna have some full notes um, later today as well. But a um, couple quick notes. Uh, Blaine Brown to me was by far the biggest winner of this. Uh, I think generally everybody that was there that I'd already seen before was kind of what I expected, and you know a lot of these pitchers were kind of in the 80, 90 percent range when they worked on the mound. Nobody was throwing like full max effort. Uh, but Blaine Brown and, you know, you'd heard some whispers about Blaine Brown as well. And that's what made me even more excited to see him. Uh, he was up to 93. Um, he was probably thrown, he said around like 90%. So not fully airing it out, but he didn't let it loose pretty well. Uh, up to 93, um, he's probably added about 15 or 20 pounds of muscle. Uh, the delivery looked better. It was, um, he was leveraging his strength fast athleticism more. Uh, it was a four pitch mix, curveball, slider, change up. Uh, the curveball and slider are distinct, but they're kind of similar as well. Um, but like he knows what to do with them. Like they look the way um, they should look. Uh, the change up, I think, is is got a real chance, uh, especially with the way it plays off his other stuff. Uh, he was really, really good. Um, I think that he was definitely the talk of. Of, of scouts coming out of that event as a guy that they're going to have to, they're going to have to get some eyes on early on the spring and he can really hit too. I mean, he hit a bomb in batting practice. He's always had a good left-handed swing, especially for a guy that size, he's six, four and he controls all those levers. Well, uh, he moves around well in the outfield um, signed to rice. Um, I left thinking that there's not 25 better prospects in the state of Texas than Blaine Brown. Like he was, he's, he's that good. And, he was he had a good summer too. Um, I remember we did uh the Trotsky Scout Day. Trotsky Scout Day, I said that wrong. And, and like I saw a video of him like throwing 91. I'm like, wow, this guy's really, really talented. And then he committed to Rice um pretty quickly after that. So 
Uh, he's taken the next step. And, you know, every year in, in Texas, there's usually a guy, especially on the pitching side, that kind of takes a big jump. You know, it was James Elwinger last year. Mm -hmm. He Blaine Brown might be that guy this year. Um, so it was really fun to see him. Um, a lot of these other guys is, is just kind of, you know, typical stuff. Um, you know, I thought Nolan Traeger is definitely put in some work offseason physically. Uh, ran well, ran a 688, 60, good batting practice rounds. Um, he looked apart. Uh, Brighton Clements was a guy who's, you know, from Laredo Alexander who signed a Baylor. I haven't seen a ton of. And um, I can see why Baylor jumped on. He can really defend. I, I think he's got a chance to really stick at shortstop, play that position well. Him and Lucas Franco, to me, were the two clear guys when you watch the infield group work. They're like, yeah, these guys are a little bit different defensively. Um, Franco is, I mean, he's a mega prospect. Uh, but watching him again, I'm even more optimistic that looking way down the road, he's got a real chance to stick at shortstop. Like, some guys you watch and, you know, they won't the, – they can get into certain positions, but they won't do it. They'll kind of take the easy way out. But, like, the way his feet work, he gets around balls, he gets in front of balls. If he can get in front of a ball and not backhand it, that's what he's going to do. Uh, loose, easy arm, just a lot of carry across the infield. Left-handed swing was was good again. Um, you know, he looked he looked every bit of what you want a really, really top prospect to look like. Uh, a couple of the guys as well. Um, Braylon Payne was there, didn't run the 60, um, hit the ball out during batting practice. Uh, he's another guy that's that's done the work offseason physically. He's he definitely looks the part of a of a major draft prospect in the uniform, um, for sure. Um, who else? Oh, Caden Miller, who had a really good fall with the Dodgers scout team from Madisonville. He's signed a Houston Christian. Um, had the most power of anybody during batting practice, hit multiple homers out. Um, you know, he's, he really hit in the fall. He really hit in the summer. Uh, he really hit again at this. Uh, he's, he's definitely one of the better left-handed hitters in the state. And, uh, he, he looked at, um, at Barbara's Hill on Sunday. Um, a couple arms. I thought Mark Barnhart's really poised for a big year, really easy delivery. He was 90, 92 and it was low effort, uh, came out really well. Uh, you mentioned Trenton Buckley. Uh, he's just got so much room for development, uh, especially on the mound. Like if it all clicks for him and that might not happen this year, it might happen two, three years from now, but when it all clicks, um, there's a lot of special ingredients there. Uh, maybe be a guy that down the road profiles in the back end of a bullpen, just kind of letting it air out. Um, Bryce Navarro was great to see him uh, just kind of breeze through fastball sinker, slider, curveball changeup, spinning the ball extremely well, throwing a lot of easy strikes. Um, you know, he's going to be a guy that scouts are really, really checking in on in the spring. Uh, Houston Tomlinson was up to 93 miles an hour. Uh, Cooper Williams, kind of a 80, I'd say like a 70 to 80% kind of uh, effort. Um, outing just kind of breezing through showing the stuff he actually threw a curveball and a slider um, and I think scouts you know, really just kind of want to see what the breaking stuff looks like this spring because the fastball changeup makeup are all really really high level um, so um, he looked a little bit bigger as well especially through his lower half looked like he's added a little bit of strength um, Jake Neely yeah, kind of breezed through his outing it, it, I did like you I mean it, I do like that you were able to notice um, some of these guys throwing what 75, 80%, yeah. just kind of easy. Cause that, you know, I think some of that, that that's, that's very mature. First of all, um, mm -hmm. 
you know, especially when you consider how many pro guys are in, at an event like this, that's not easy to do. Like when I was at Texas, it always made me nervous, um, to throw pins to run sixties at this time of year, just because, you know, normal competitive instincts yes. tell kids to, you know, you can tell them to throw 80% all you want, but they ain't throwing 80% in front of pro scouts and college mm -hmm. coaches more often than not. Um, so I'm glad that you were able to pick up on that. Cause I always worry about this time of year for that reason alone, you know, what different types of events and I'm not against a lot of these types of events, but it does all it, it did always make me nervous this time of year, just because they're getting ready to start their high school seasons. Um, and you know, it's tough. Like it, it, you know, you want to get out there and compete. You want yes. to get out there and show what you can do. I mean, especially like you mentioned, a lot of these guys have worked really hard in the off season, put in the time and they're probably feeling really good right now. Cause this is the time of the year where you're not banged up and, mm -hmm. um, and it, but it is, it's tough. So I'm, I, I'm glad to hear that you, you could pick up that some of these guys were able to stay within themselves and kind of be at a pace that makes a lot more sense going into the season, uh, than, than, than you could, you know, and, and yeah. I, I think I would have had a hard time with that personally. Oh, for you sure. Know, like, yeah. I mean, you put a couple radar guns back there and some, you know, guys that are, have a chance to make some decisions on your future. Like that, I can't imagine. It's tough. It's not an easy thing to do, but I, I do think that the benefit of events like this and kids just being more comfortable of being in front of scouts and coaches mm -hmm. a lot more often, um, I think helps that. So um yeah, again, just something that I kind of picked up on, but that I think about this time of year. So yeah, and the scouts get it too. Like, like all those guys were just, you know, under the assumption that you're not going to get a hundred percent effort on the mound from these. And I say effort from a fully intense letting it loose, not like a hey, dude, right. just going out there and jacking around type of thing. So right. I mean, they they know, like they know. Um, I think they they were even reluctant to hold up a radar gun because they know like they sure. don't they don't want guys airing it out right now. They just want to see what right. the delivery looks like. If the, anything's changed in that regard, just kind of get an idea of the shape of the stuff. If you're working on a new pitch, you know, Houston Thompson threw a knuckle curve, um, which I hadn't seen from him in the past. I think he's typically been more of a slider guy in the past. So just stuff like that, um, which is refreshing. Like nobody's out there like, hey, man, let's, you know, let it rip type deal. Uh, cause this time of the year, it's, it's, it's not really the ideal, um, not the ideal time for that. Um, but yeah, again, I'll have a, I'll have some, a bunch of written notes on here. We published some video already and things like that. Um, uh, our, our guy, um, Corey, and I believe we learned it's pronounced Kuzan, not cousin from Slidell, Louisiana, who, ah. yeah. So, uh, get, get some Intel on that. Um, he was one of the Louisiana guys there. Um, uh, committed to Oklahoma after his monstrous Mickey Mantle, uh, where he was like the hottest player on the planet uh, for yep. a straight week up there at the University of Oklahoma. Um, he looked apart physically, a uh, true two-way guy. I actually liked what the delivery looked like um, on the mound, just kind of an easy, low-effort operation where his athleticism showed as well. Um, you know, had, had some pretty good swings in batting practice. Um, and another Louisiana guy I'd never seen before, um, Presley Corville from Barb, who's in the 2025 class, committed to AM. Yeah, AM knows what they're doing on that one. Uh, that guy got back there. Um, I published some video of him 
uh, going through the the uh, catch and throw pop time type stuff. He's got a really strong arm, uh, really strong arm, catch and throw skill. Looks great physically. Um, he's got a chance to be, a, I think, a really, really good player um, in the 2025 class. And I can see why the Aggies jumped on him um, early on because that arm, that arm is going to play uh, for sure. So just some notes there on, on our, my trip down to Barber's Hill, which was funny because I got there and it was like 44 degrees. And as I was driving back to Austin, like you could see the th like Ooh. the car thermometer reading just like dropping what? dropping dropping and then real quick it went from like 40 to like 22 in a heartbeat well, like, oh there's where the, there's where the front ends i just crossed it well i don't know that i've ever experienced like temperatures as i mean it was in the single digits and low teens in up here and one time i let i let the dogs out and Thankfully, one of our two dogs is a husky, so he was loving it. Like he wanted to stay outside, mm -hmm. but like as I opened the door, I was like just looking across the yard, and I don't think I've never experienced this before. But you know, you know, it's really hot, and there's like heat waves, and you like yeah. can't even see, you know, however far based on how hot it is. I same thing. I like I was like I asked my wife, I was like, is, "Am I seeing things?" Like I, I made her even get up and come over there, and she was like, "Oh yeah." Yeah, I see what you're talking about, but I've never like, seen that like before. cold waves. Yes, like, I don't think I, I've it, ever seen those before. I it was totally new to me. So I that's the type of thing you see in videos from like Canada and stuff like yeah. that, where it's kind yeah. of white little oh. breezing through there. Speaking of, started a new season of True Detective. Here's which, what I found. Shut up, Siri. Oh, did um, you? So, oh, uh, so um, what were your thoughts? Um, I. I dodged a bullet because there is a couple points really early on where Mary's like, I'm not watching this because it was headed towards like horror movie mm -hmm. uh, vibes. Um, but I like it. I'm, I'm intrigued. Yeah. Um, I actually, one of my friends that worked at Texas with me, she, I, I saw this on Instagram. She just got back from like a week long trip to Antarctica. Oh. Um, I, that would be my thoughts as well. But so it just kind of was just funny that, that it was on the tail of that, but um, I like it. I'm a, I'm, I'm in. So there's, there's some, I, I got even more excited when I watched the, like for the rest of the season clips yeah. at the end yeah. of episode one. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm ready. I'm this ready. is the, this is like the first show and I can't remember how long that like I've watched the first one and like, I mean, committed to like continuing to watch. Like usually I just, I miss everything. Um, I liked it. I, I was optimistic because all of the Rotten Tomatoes reviews before it debuted were a hundred percent. And I think they added some of either the writers or producers that did a lot of the season one work. Okay. Um, so that's uh that was that was what made me really excited about it. I don't I don't know if I'm in on the actress opposite Jodie Foster yet. Ooh, they uh I'm I'm the opposite. I like I like it. you like, like her? It. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I she she'll I'm sure she'll grow on me, but there are a couple of times that I was just kind of like, yeah, was this the best person they could get for this role? Um but uh yeah, it's They've already laid out some of those layers mm -hmm, that, mm -hmm. you know, are going to kind of twist and wind and uh, like life story things and character development. And then the actual story with what happened to the, you know, scientists and everything like that. So 
Um, I'm definitely in. And we also uh, just started Succession. Um, never, Whoa. never saw it. Yeah. Oh, so we, we, we did the we, we did the second episode of, of that yesterday. And uh, yeah, it's um, I can tell it's I can tell it's working on me because I, I dislike so many of the people already, which is kind of what you you should dislike a lot of those people already. You know, um, so yeah, definitely in on that one because we were watching. My life, wife loves the um, all the award shows, and sitting there watching, I was like, I haven't watched any of these, any of them. You know, just yeah. it's like we got to start, we got to pick one. You know, Six, so, Succession's legit because we're like it's only four seasons, so you know, you don't. It's not like a you know, it's, marathon. It'll, it'll take you, it'll take you a little while to like get used to the way they talk and like how they operate and like you know because we don't really live or operate in the corporate world but like it's funny because i would never imagine behaving the way that some of these people do like in a work environment mm-hmm. um and like but a lot of people that you talk to like say that that's pretty normal so yeah it's, I, it's wild like it's just a different world so yeah we, we've never stepped foot in anything like that but it seems like they just took it and kind of just turned it up a little bit and then you ask the people it's like no, yeah, that's that sort of that sort of stuff happens. Uh, it's like, oh, okay, well, that's uh, uh, good to know. Uh, before we get out of here, I'll tell you more about our friends at Hitforth. If you've gone to a college prospect camp, you've probably noticed that coaches are tracking everything. Many staffs will even have trackmen showing live info on their video board during BP and scrimmages. It's not eye candy. They track data such as exit velocity and bat speed because it helps them identify skill sets that will translate and work at the college level. And more and more high schools are doing this as well. In fact, one of the most prominent high school programs in Austin, Texas, sends an email to incoming freshmen detailing what they view as acceptable exit velocity and bat speed. Simply put, if you can't hit the ball hard enough and consistently enough, you aren't going to get as many looks in high school and in college. So as the game moves more towards embracing tech and data, you're doing yourself a disservice if you aren't training with a staff that utilizes it and understands both. The team at Hit Fourth in Austin, Texas, is creating the standard for developing explosive and adjustable hitters. When you train at Hit Fourth, you will develop the power coaches are looking for, whether challenging the fences or drilling hard liners to all fields. Learning to move faster and swing faster will also make you a more adjustable hitter and improve your ability to make contact. Because the quicker you can swing the bat means that you have more time to recognize pitches before deciding to swing. The best part about Hit Fourth is the accountability. Since the staff tracks every aspect of every swing you take, you get objective feedback about your improvements. Numbers don't lie. Check out hitforth.com to learn how you can get started. H-I-T-F-O-R-T-H.com. And uh, like I said earlier, they're offering a deal right now, $40 off. You can get a trial session for $59, which fantastic way to get your feet wet and just see what it's like, see what they provide, get an idea of what that atmosphere and what that, that program can be like. Um, again, like we can, uh, we're as big of fans as, as you can be um not just of the product but the people uh the methods the process the accountability like they said um the results i mean they hold themselves accountable uh with the results with the video with the what's happening on the strength and conditioning side um you know with full-time staff members like this is what they do this isn't a second job you know this isn't you know somebody just kind of picking up some things in their spare time i mean this is this is this guy's livelihood i mean they put everything they they can um, into into their players uh, that come through there. So 
Um, check out those guys. Um, they've got some uh, video examples, a lot of data and things like that to just give you an idea of the type of growth you can experience there. Um, and, and highly, highly, highly recommend it. Even if it's just a swing assessment, even if it's just a trial session, um, even if it's something remote, you don't have to live in Austin. Uh, you can do this remotely as well um, and basically get close to the full experience, assuming you have a place that you can hit. They can really help you out um, in that regard. So uh, go check those guys out um, at hitforth.com. Uh, yeah. Um, uh, but well, you got anything else yeah. before we duck out? We have, well, I think we have to address the football landscape right now uh, with yeah, both so, of our teams. So both coaches are have announced they're coming or either have been announced or did announce they're coming back. Tomlin, I guess, just said that he expects to be back, which I think was expected. But um, yeah, so both of us ran out of gas. Um, one was a little bit more expected than the other. One was um, totally expected. <laughs> the, the other was 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 not not I, um not expected. Yeah, that was just disappointing in every way. Um my my take on McCarthy coming back is um I understand it. I'm not mad about it, but I also don't think that you can expect anything to be different. That's kind of mm -hmm. where I stand. Like mm -hmm. Um, I think there's a lot more good than bad. Um, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have been mad either way. Um, I do think there's something beneficial to keeping him and letting Dak have a second year in that system. Um, mm -hmm. obviously there was a point this year where it took off and that worked. Um, I do think from a roster standpoint, they have some major changes to address. Um, and I, uh, they got to do something on the defense. I mean, yeah. I've been a big Dan Quinn fan, but man, that that was that was a rough way to end the year um, mm -hmm. defensively. So uh, hopefully, he just gets one of these other jobs. I think he's ready for it. I think his mind has kind of been there. Um, so, uh, but yeah, so that's that's where I go on on the pro side. I'm a Lions fa fan now. Now that the Cowboys are out, um, that's kind of been my. Yeah, I always pick outside the Cowboys. I always pick an NFC team and an AFC team. Yeah, um, the Dolphins are my AFC team, and the Lions were my NFC team. So, does it help uh, at all the fact that the Eagles just crash and burned like completely? Does that that does that um help any bit? Yeah, because I've got to deal since, with I've got to deal with the Ravens now being the clear since, front runner in the AFC. Since it was the same round, um, yes. Mm -hmm. If they had advanced another round, I mean, they just fell apart. I think that, you know, for the Eagles, the loss of both coordinators was a much bigger deal than people anticipated or even thought early on. Uh, but the that key was loss, bad, the key that loss was a was bad big, football team. Big Dom. Yeah. He was yeah, your Connor Stallions. They haven't been the yeah. same since <laughs> Big Dom was, was on the sidelines, you know? That's uh, got to wonder, wonder what was happening there. Um, yeah, the yeah. Tomlin said like I got. Did so you see? Hey, did you see? Did you see? Somebody tweeted last night. It was literally like a. a it was a side by side con. Uh, um, comparison between of their careers of McCarthy and Tomlin. Oh yeah, and yeah, it's oh, a very, man, very that similar. was that was that was a little that was a little concerning. I mean, and then you know, but they're like, oh well, he had Aaron Rodgers and Dak, and it's like, okay, 
But Big Ben is who ha- Tomlin had for the majority mm-hmm. of his career. And, mm-hmm. you know, they're like, okay, so then you, you cancel out Rodgers and Big Ben. Then you're basically talking about Dak versus Trubisky, uh, Rudolph, and Pickett. And I was like, well, two of those three were first-rounders. Rudolph was, what, the 76th pick? So third round, right? And yeah, Dak was a fourth-rounder. So, I mean... Well, and plus, like, I mean... Tomlin was as big of an advocate of anybody as, as the picket pick. Like that's yeah. on that's on him as yeah. much as it is on anyone. Like, yeah. Oh, we saw yeah. him working in our facility and da, da 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 da. And it's like now, like the players are even coming out and saying they hope Rudolph gets the job next year. Uh, so they've got that. Start. They've got that to to deal with. But yeah, the Tomlin thing. It just made me so mad that like the last question he gets asked about his contract status and he walks off like. Even if you're like, you don't think it's the time or place, which I get, just stand up there and say, this isn't the time to talk about that. I intend on coaching this football team and just walk off. Like if you didn't want it to be a talking point, don't leak to Jay Glazer this idea that, oh, you know, I might consider walking away from coaching or whatever. Like Glazer has been reporting this for weeks about the, the the status of Tomlin being up in the air and him being the one to decide whether he's going to come back or not. So don't get all bent out of shape when somebody asks you the status, like you have a year left under your contract. What are your plans? Da, da, da. Um, what Sirianni got asked about the Eagles and he stood up there and answered it. Belichick's been asked about it all year. He answered it. Um, Tomlin gave that incredible sound bite when he was asked about the USC opening, you know, when it was open job before Lincoln Riley took it. Like, that that just and then like a day later it's like oh Tomlin tells the players he's coming back like okay you couldn't have said anything at the press conference I don't, I'm I'm out on him I know the players like him but like he came Hayward's going to bat form it's like but dude like you ripped the groin off your bone midway through the year you came back super quick and this is what you came back for just to get embarrassed to get into the playoffs like like maybe it's time to see if somebody else can get a little bit more out of the roster there was a stat that. After the Bills game, I think their last four playoff games, they've been outscored 66 to nothing in the first quarter. Yeah. Like, that is game planning. That's preparation. That's so many things. And, yeah, they've played some good teams during that stretch. But, but, I mean, even still, like, they've just been totally just walloped in the playoffs. Um, It's not been like some of these close, tight losses or something like that. Um, So – like you, it's just kind of like this feeling of like, okay, it's just going to be the same, which might be good enough to get into the playoffs, but good enough to do anything beyond that is uh, is going to need some uh, some stroke of luck. So uh, at least you know who your quarterback is going to be. Um, I don't know yeah. what the Steelers are, are going to going to do in that regard. So yeah, we'll see. But um, fortunately, Texas keeps adding firepower in the portal. Um, and has positioned itself firmly as a slam dunk top five team next year, uh, regardless of whatever happens the rest of the way to any other roster. Uh, if you don't have Texas yeah. in your top five, you're I'm not taking your your top five seriously. So, um, you know, it was pretty wild that the Saban thing came out and it felt like it was like happened. Like he's retiring. They hired somebody else. Like it's it's done. You know, it's. I guess that's just, I mean, knowing, knowing Saban's personality, I, I guess that's not too terribly surprising that I was just like, yeah, you know, Chris Lowe tweets out that Nick Saban's retiring and and that's it. He's, uh, he's, uh, he's riding off. So, 
Um, it is, um, we'll, we'll get into another discussion sometimes about the transfer portal and the rules because it's pretty wild what's happening in Alabama right now and some of these other places as well where guys can leave, but you can't necessarily add guys. It's, it's kind of a mess. Um, but that's a, another topic for another day. But uh, you yeah. got anything else before we get out of here? I got nada. I got nada. All right. Uh, well, thanks for tuning in. You can follow us um, on Twitter and Instagram at Five Tool Pod. Um, and again, go check out our friends at Hitforth. Um, you know, the best of the best in Central Texas. Um, and you can look into those guys, working with those guys remotely as well. Cannot recommend them uh, enough. But uh, until we talk to you all next time, uh, stay warm, stay safe, and take care.